Welcome to NCBA's Cattleman's Call podcast with host Lane Nordland. All righty, thank you so much. We are coming back to yet another conversation here on the Cattleman's Call podcast. Like Dan McCarty said, I'm Lane Nordland, happy to be with you. We're recording this show from the 2022 Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA trade show. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun talking about how sunny or not sunny it is in Houston. And we're not going to complain about rain, that's for sure. But uh, I almost got a little soaked walking over early <laughs> this morning to the convention center. But uh, we're in the business that we need rain, that's for sure. And uh, today I'm excited uh, for our lineup of guests. We're going to focus on women in ranching today. And joining us. He is uh, a guest that we've had on, I believe, two different times already at this point. Uh, a, a familiar voice. I was going to say face, but we're not on TV. <laughs> Johnny Carson here. A familiar voice to the podcast. Uh, Miss Macy Hurst joins us along with her mom, Stacy, and sister, Emma. And, uh, of course, we're going to talk about Lady Livestock Company. Uh, I know Macy has talked about that in the past on our Influencer podcast. But, uh, ladies, welcome to Houston, Texas. Thank you. It's Thank nice you. being here. Yeah, thanks for having us again. We were joking on the way here when we left home. I think it was in the 30s or 40s and the further south we drove, the, the warmer it got. But it eventually caught back up to us. So, <laughs> sorry we brought it to the rest of Texas. And, and did I mention Missouri is where you guys call home? Yes. I don't know if I mentioned that in my yes, Missouri. At my intro, but uh, welcome. I, I, I saw you guys made a stop in Fort Worth on the way down as well. How, how was uh, the, the stockyards district? How did that all go? That was great. That really was great. Yeah, we hit the rodeo, and that was awesome. I've never seen anyone ride a Bronco, and I was expecting a bull, and whenever that came out, I, that made my day. <laughs> yeah, so we uh, we did. We made a whole week of this trip. We stopped in Oklahoma City, did those stockyards, and then did Fort Worth stockyards um, yesterday and the day before. And then, yeah, like Emma said, we did the Fort Worth stock show, and at home, we are frequenters of the PBR, but mm -hmm. very rarely do we catch an actual rodeo, so when that, that horse came out of that chute, <laughs> she, was, she was pumped. So, uh, no, it's been a really good trip. So far, professional rodeo is a little different scale than what we get at home. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But PBR is pretty good. My, my buddy Flint Rasmussen, of course, is uh, the, the main entertainment and uh, PBR clown, uh, Montana boy as well. So got to give a shout out to, to our Montana guys, of course, uh, <laughs> in the uh, outdoor rodeo PBR entertainment world. But uh, again, a lot of activities going on here in Houston for the cattle industry convention. And uh, as we gather here, you know, Macy, we've talked to in the past about uh, uh, women in agriculture, social media's impact and influence uh, with producers and with consumers. Uh, but uh, we wanted to learn more about just uh, the, the business model that you three have and the, the role in agriculture that you have uh, uh, paved out for yourself in, in Missouri. But I also want to learn about your other careers as well, because like most of us, we all have different jobs uh, to make uh, the operations run smooth. But uh, First off, let's talk about uh, Lady Livestock Company. I don't know who wants to start this one out. Stacy, do you just want to maybe talk about your, your involvement in, in the ag industry? Okay, um, I've been involved in the beef production industry for several years now, and um, it's, it's been very educational all the way through, of course, as, as most producers will tell you, you know, we learn a lot through the process. And then when the kids, you know, the kids came along and, and showed interest in the industry as well, um, just kind of raised them around cattle and working cattle and, you know, treated these ladies just like 
just like I'd treat my son, mm -hmm. you know. Um, didn't raise them any differently. Um, and they've, they've really shown a huge interest. So then that's when we decided um, some things had changed in our lives a few years ago out of uh, no control of our own. And we kind of had to start over. Um, and we did. We, we didn't let anything get us down, didn't let anything, you know, take our passion away. And we started Lady Livestock Company. And um, we've just kind of taken off. And it's, and everybody, I mean, we're, we're doing great. We're happy with our lives, and we're happy where we're at, and uh, we are, um, yeah, we're good. So, so when you have that opportunity to really have a blank slate in, in forming the, the Lady Livestock Company, what were some of those key objectives that, that were a priority for you when, when this formed and having that opportunity to say, hey, this is, these are our goals, this is uh, something we want to try out, and what were some of those successes, what were some of those failures, Macy, along the way? Yeah, so kind of like mom mentioned, this was something that came from a really unfortunate circumstance. Uh, we used to ranch with a bunch of family and we had a pretty large scale cow-calf, commercial cow-calf operation there in mid-Missouri. And um, when things kind of went awry, we decided that uh, we were we were going to do our own thing and if we were going to do it we were going to do it full scale so we actually ended up switching to um, registered we do purebred black angus now and uh, we do start to finish so uh, cow calf is kind of our our main that's what we used to do so that's kind of where we're comfortable but we do feed out several steers every year um, especially during the covid pandemic everybody knows that that market kind of uh, blossomed during that time and so uh, feeding out steers and then uh, we sell several head of calves um, at our local barns every year too so that was something when we started we decided um, you know, you said clean slate. That's exactly what it was. We started with very, very little land, um, no cattle, no equipment, no anything. And so we, we really got to build it up exactly how, how we had it. Whereas in the past, farming with so much family, we had very little say. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and I know we've kind of talked about it in the past. And farming with so much family and being kind of in the mi minority there, um, our, our, we really had little, a very little amount uh, to contribute um, as far as input, what we, were, what we were able to contribute. So it's been a lot of fun to really build it exactly how we want it. And some of those, the kind of the mission behind what we wanted to do, of course, was to take care of our land and our resources and our cattle and uh, provide a healthy beef product to our customers, but also to kind of tell our story of agriculture. You know, while our story is unique, we are not the only uh, women in agriculture. We're not the only um, you know, proprietors of agricultural businesses that are completely women ran. And so we wanted to do whatever we could to empower that and to make them feel like they had a voice. And so um, we have, uh, we're working now on like merchandise and all these things and um, to kind of share that story. And uh, we've kind of been discussing, which this is kind of mom's brainchild, but we all knew that we wanted some of our proceeds to go towards something bigger than, than us. And so uh, there's all kinds of ideas we're floating about. Uh, you know, scholarships or putting on a program at our ranch where um, young women can come out and have the full ranching experience, whether that's vaccinating or driving a tractor or whatever that might look like. Um, and then kind of just like a lot of producers, one of our one of our missions was to get face to face with our customers. And I think, again, that that covid um, situation where people had to source their food locally, I think, provided a lot of opportunity for that. And we've had people ask if we ship beef and and, uh, you know, how how they can get a hold of it. And I think those businesses that are able to do that are fantastic. We definitely need them. But something that we've really focused on is getting face to face with our customers. You know, we deliver to your door. I have put 
beef in people's freezers in their garages before and we love that because you know we can have those conversations they say you know how far is your farm from here and what do you feed them and um, what kinds of things do you use to treat them and so um, yeah I think our mission has been from the beginning to really have a a story first of all worth sharing to make sure that whatever we're doing is something that we're proud to tell people and proud to share proud to show people if they if they want to come out to the farm and then also just to empower other women in agriculture and emma for yourself what does it mean to to work with your mom and your sister on this endeavor and uh and be a a key part of that decision making process but still you know having having it be your own product yeah i think it's awesome that we actually this is all our own and we each bring something different to the table and I think that's the great thing about our team. We work well together and us all having our unique input is really what makes our our business great with that diversity and even the ages and different interests. We all have different things outside of the farm that can bring a unique advocacy mm-hmm. tool to it. Like I'm in college, Mom's doing her thing, and we're all in different age groups and all different types of people. Yep. So I guess what, what are you focusing on in college? Right now I am pre-med, but uh, everyone who knows me back home assumed I would be in agriculture. But I think really it's important to have a voice for ag in any industry because really it touches everybody. Mm-hmm. And it uniquely, imp- like personally in the medical field, something that really interests me is mental health, especially in rural areas and agriculture. And being in a bigger city, I also get a unique way to just talk to the people around me mm-hmm. that don't necessarily know about agriculture or rural areas. And that's something nice about our farm is it's so small and um, not necessarily small, really, <laughs> in the grand scheme of things. But it's very local to where if someone really wants to know, they can come home. You know, yep. We can bring them to the farm and show them around. And we have done that and we love to do that. Yes, I had um, an interesting story. We were delivering beef once. Well, actually, I got a call for beef. And like Macy mentioned, you know, we deliver a lot of our beefs because we want to be face-to-face. We want to meet. And, and they want to know where their beef came from. Well, I had a woman call me and ask me um, for a half a beef. And I, you know, made the order and stuff. And shortly before the delivery, she called back. She goes, well, my husband, um, he doesn't really want it because he doesn't know where it came from. <laughs> and my first response was, get in the truck you know I'll take you right to it I'll show you where it was born and raised I'll show you how we fed out you know I'll show it all and then my second question was does he know where it comes from when he buys it in the store and um, she says good point bring me the beef so I mean she should have got a full beef at that point Exactly. (laughs) so I think it was just the two of them so half was probably sufficient but but I mean we like to educate you know and and and, you know, we like to, like Macy mentioned, this program that we would like to, to begin um, bringing young women and also, you know, boys as well to the farm. You know, we've taken a couple to the farm before. We've taken a few there. And, and it's just eye-opening. I mean, neighbors of ours, it's like, I want to go. I want to see. And it's very eye-opening for them that, that have not been exposed. And, you know, there's there's some programs out there that, you know, FFA kids and 4-H kids, you know, can go out and, and hands-on, but there's, there's such a large group that do not have that opportunity and have no clue where where their their beef is coming from. And that's the, that's the target market for us, is the ones who do not have the opportunity but would absolutely love the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, and hands-on, I mean, real hands-on. 
And like she said, we have had several guests out to the farm, and every time it's been, first of all, so much fun, but also so kind of enlightening. I mean, we've taken, um, we took a, a friend of ours, a kid out there one time, and he was, I don't know, 10 or 11, and I mean, just the, he fed, and he, you know, we showed him that, you know, he can technically eat the same things that the cattle are eating, and we have black walnut trees, and he went and he cracked a bunch of black walnuts, and I mean, it was just an incredible experience from start to finish, and um, all the way to... We had a, a young woman by the name of Stephanie. She's Diary of a Debutante. She's an influencer, has hundreds of thousands of followers on across all platforms. And the Missouri Beef Industry Council called us one time and said, hey, we've got this young woman that wants to see farmers and ranchers, and you all are a bunch of young women who can really kind of show her the ropes. And so they brought her out to the farm, and it was so funny because we got there, and, I mean, we looked kind of just like we did today. You know, we had curls and our hoop earrings, <laughs> and we were in our, you know, our blinged-out jeans and all that stuff. And she got there and she was like, oh my gosh, this is not what all ex- I, what at all what I expected. She said, you all have all your teeth and, but the, between the three <laughs> of us, like we have several bachelor's degrees and working on them. And so, um, and she, she was shocked. And then the funny part too was, um, made me think when we were jamming to do a Lipa beforehand, which Lane was dancing, y'all don't let him fool you. But, um, we, <laughs> we were having a good time. And, uh, so when she showed up, we were exhausted and we got to talk in and she was like, hi guys, like I've had a little bit of a trip, blah, blah. And we were like, yeah, us too. We had gotten home at 3 a.m. that morning from a Jonas Brothers concert. <laughs> so she was like, oh my God, we're going to be best friends. And so kind of like Emma was saying, it's cool because we are all at very different stages in our life. And so we connect to different types of people. So Emma's having really good conversations about where beef comes from with people in college. And I'm having really good conversations with young women starting their families at the at the beef and the meat markets and um, mom is having really good conversations with her neighbors who you know have been buying beef for years and are just now coming to the realization um, that you know they want to know what, where it comes from or whatever and so um, it's been a lot of fun to kind of get to experience that together. Yep. And so let, let's maybe talk about how you share responsibilities and what the different roles are within this, because every family operation, we have different roles, but uh, I guess what, what's unique about yours, and let's talk about the different roles that you each play in Lady Livestock. Emma? Yeah, so I would say one of my biggest roles personally is I think I've done the most brush hogging. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I like the AC and the tractor and <laughs> the, the, Joe, the Jonas Brothers CD in there as well. But really, I do whatever mom needs me to do. And then I also do think I put out, I take a lot of pictures of the cattle. And uh, Macy runs our social media mostly, but I do give her some content. But yeah, really, I just love doing anything that needs to be done. I have vaccinated and things like that, which might help me in my uh, medical <laughs> career possibly. But <laughs> no, I just do whatever needs to be done. I, I want to <laughs> jump in there and just talk about, you know, listening to music in the air-conditioned tractor. Uh, we, we had this uh, old tractor, but we installed a CD player. And the only radio station we got was uh, Regina 620 out of Canada. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I, I barely know Fahrenheit, but hearing everything in Celsius and everything like that, it was really hard to listen to that. But you always got to listen to Canadian football and listen to everything. So it's actually really enjoyable. But uh, the CD player got a CD stuck in it, and it, it's still in there. And it was Fleetwood Max, like, 1997 oh, oh yeah. get-together. I not upset about yeah. that. And, uh, 
Yeah, so for I don't know how many summers we'd be fencing or doing whatever, and that was my tractor. I mean, I know I have that uh, 97 reunion uh, concert where it starts off with the chain as the, as the lead song of that one. Sorry, that I mean, if you're listening to this and you cannot relate to uh, that one tape or uh, Brooks and Dunn was the other tape that was in the other tractor, their greatest hits. I mean, sorry, I, yeah, I had to take away from the conversation. <laughs> yeah, Emma's biggest flex is that she's like the sole brush hogger on the farm but it's oh, yeah. because it's 97 degrees outside and mom and i are fixing fence and clipping locusts and emma's sitting in the air conditioning <laughs> <laughs> so satisfying to, yeah. to brush hog a field that really needs it <laughs> yeah she likes the instant gratification work and the rest of us are just sweating our butts off we'll fix but fence for hours and it's like nothing <laughs> she gets down she she's like tell man i it guess it's a perk of being she the baby it. of the family <laughs> she brush hogs at 20 acre field looks back like hey look what i did all day <laughs> what'd you do you know <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad you can laugh at that though too because how many families would just be like oh she got to be in the ac all day. Oh, wait, we're typically not laughing when it's happening but okay. Okay. <laughs> looking back it's kind of funny Full disclosure <laughs> but yeah no emma's right we all definitely have different uh, perspectives and kind of skill sets that we bring to the table Mom has been in the ranching industry for 30 years, and she's owned every type of business. I mean, she's had restaurants, gas stations. She's had real commercial real estate, um, residential real estate. She sold real estate, has a real estate license, owned an auction company, a fescue seed buying station. I mean, the woman has done it all. And so when it comes to entrepreneurship and business management, like she has it figured out. And uh, I have a communications and business marketing degree. So um, Emma mentioned that I kind of run the social media. I kind of don't do as well as I should there because um, like you said we all have off, off the farm jobs as well um, but so it's been really cool to kind of be able to integrate all those different things and then I always joke that Emma is cute and young and bubbly and whenever it comes to selling stuff like you just put her out there and it's gone so um, we I think we all definitely do bring something different to the table and it, uh, again it's been a lot of fun to kind of watch all those pieces fall into place. Were you going to add something before I start talking about Fleetwood Mac CDs getting stuck in a tractor CD player? <laughs> Just didn't want to cut you off talking about my uh, Fleetwood Mac no, obsession. It's worth it. But worth uh, it. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, we we talk, as we talk about uh, the AC and and uh, clearing brush and whatnot. What uh, I guess what are the joys and challenges that you've found along the way uh, with, with with your business? Well, I think one of the joys is just having the opportunity to work together. Um, and we and do one of the challenges and is also having the opportunity to work yeah, together. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's signs. I am the world's worst, and I'll go out there, and I'll see what needs to be done, and everybody else is just supposed to know, you know? <laughs> and it's like, okay, you're supposed to know what I want you to do. And, and that's a huge flaw of mine, but um, <laughs> and it does get a little aggravated, and I understand that. I mean, <laughs> rightfully so. Um, I don't explain everything that I need <laughs> done quite like I should. Um, <laughs> Emma and I are laughing because that's an understatement <laughs> but I know what needs to be done it's like you should know you should be able to read my mind but um no I mean it's it's nice to go out there and spend a day and you know we we have aggravating moments throughout the day but at the end of the day when we're kicked back and you know we know it's been productive that's that's obviously the most enjoyable time of the day when it's done um but um that's it's it's nice to be able to work together you know as a family as you know my two young women working with me and um yeah, I think, I think that's probably the most rewarding part. I think it's been a lot of fun, too, because, like I said, our past life, uh, ranching life, didn't allow us a lot of opportunity to really get 
our hands dirty. And so now like all of the things that we have really been doing for years, we're actually getting to do ourselves. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun, like processing, you know, as far as like doing the vaccinations and um, kind of building our own relationships, like with our vets and our sale barns and um, really getting to do it ourselves has been a huge learning process, but also so empowering. And it's been a lot of fun too, for women to reach out and say like, well, that's really cool that you guys learned that if you can learn it, I can do it too. And so, uh, yeah, we're really, it's been really, really rewarding work. Um, I, I truly do think the most the biggest blessing and the biggest challenge is working with family. But uh, like mom said, at the end of the day, it's, it works out really well for us and we're really happy to do it. Folks, we're going to continue to talk with the Hearst ladies, but uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We uh, need to, of course, mention the sponsor of our podcast, Aerial Micro Technologies. This uh, podcast being recorded from the Cattleman's Connection booth, brought to you by Micro Technologies. And we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back with Macy, Emma, and Stacy right after this. Want to make the most of your pasture? Make sure to keep weeds out of the way with DuraCore Herbicide from Corteva AgriScience. DuraCore gives you extended control of broadleaf weeds, more than 140 in all, thistles, ragweeds, pigweeds, even really tough weeds like wild carrot and poison hemlock. With proven safety to forage grasses, that means greater productivity from every acre. See what's possible when your pasture's potential takes root. Visit DuraCoreHerbicide.com. Micro Technologies is the leading provider of advanced, comprehensive, and integrated animal management systems and solutions for beef producers. Since 1971, Micro has established an unparalleled track record of delivering meaningful technology solutions based upon a business philosophy centered around three principles, innovation, value creation, and service. Micro's team is driven to understand and provide customized solutions to the dynamically changing needs of your business. Reach out to your local representative today or find us online at microtechnologies.com. Well, we were talking about Fleetwood Mac, so we'll see what kind of copyright laws I'm breaking here on the podcast <laughs> here today. But uh, as we return back today with Macy, Emma, and Stacy Hurst with Lady Livestock Company out of Missouri, uh, again, big thank you to Micro Technologies. And that's a cool little intro, wouldn't you say? Yeah. All right, friends, we'll get back to our conversation. I'm sure our I'm sure our audience is just like, come on, Lane. Come just on, lucky Lane. we didn't start singing along. Oh, yeah. Believe me, I could probably do that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, one thing I think uh, that I think we all have in common is, is a connection to uh, the, the blue corduroy jackets. Is, mm. is that correct? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, when we look at ways that we improve ourselves, uh, you know, through organizations, through leadership, through advocacy, uh, for myself, I got a huge start through FFA. Um, how has FFA been, been a key part of uh, your lives, your inspiration, and help uh, set you on a path for medical school or uh, publication, communications, and uh, the livestock industry? What, what I guess let's talk about FFA's connection. Emma? Yeah, sir. I'll go first. Um, so FFA, I can't speak highly enough about, I'm sure. It's really what you put into it that you get out of it, but I put in everything I could. <laughs> so I would say it gave me all the tools I need. And public speaking, 
I, I don't think was natural to me necessarily, but I just threw myself into it. First year, I didn't get anywhere. Second year, I went to state. And since then, it's, some, it's been a passion of mine in a way of advocating. Mm-hmm. I also think, personally for us, before we started Lady Livestock Company, we didn't really get a say necessarily in agriculture or too much of a connection to it. But through FFA, we got that learning experience and we could be in, as hands-on as we wanted in the connections. It really gives you a, a way to, a lot of kids, it shows them how to be professional. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, something you need in every aspect or any career, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I'm a kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, we both really got our start in FFA through the public speaking side of things. And uh, I think that has gone farther than really anything as far as having a business or being able to network or have conversations or own a business or sell product or advocate, uh, just writing those speeches, having the ability to tell a story goes so far and uh, having a story to tell, uh, you know, having the public speaking background is, is, I mean, absolutely crucial uh, or has been at least in our journey. So um, definitely. And as far as the networking goes and the empowering, I also think that being an FFA, you know, everybody's experience is very different, but I think it teaches you some grit mm-hmm. between, um, having, between teamwork and time management and, um, maybe balancing sports or other extracurriculars on top of it or jobs or grades and then competing against, you know, your friends and having to manage relationships with advisors and, um, everything I think it just really teaches you how to first of all become your own person but also um, kind of become an adult and really I think leads the path to becoming like a well-rounded individual so yeah I think we would both credit FFA with a lot of our personal development. Stacy, what's your view of uh, how they went through FFA and what what they gained from it from from a mom's perspective? On oh that? from a mom's perspective let's see um, I watched these kids develop into amazing people through FFA. I really did. Um, You know, they were, they, they went into it, um, not really knowing what to expect. I mean, the the younger ones knew what to expect because of the, of of Macy, my oldest, but you know, they had a little bit of an idea what to expect, but I mean, you know, like Emma was quiet and kind of, I don't know if you'd call it introverted, but not quite I mean I at that point I would never imagine seeing her standing up in Mm -hmm. front of you know hundreds of people and and speaking Um, it developed a lot of confidence Um, not only confidence in in you know the ability to stand up and speak but confidence in competition confidence in and knowing that you know they could enter the ag world and have a voice which, you know, like the world we came from, you know, young women didn't have a voice. And, and it, it really taught them a lot. They really, they just developed, you know, and I could see them growing as individuals. And I, I credit FFA for a lot mm-hmm. of that. It's been fun, too, because like she said, I'm the oldest, and I kind of went and I did my thing. And then our brother is between us in age. And um, so I went and I did the whole state officer experience. And then Hayden, our brother, is a nationally ranked farm 
um, farm business management contestant. So a smart, smart guy on that end. Yeah, yeah, he was the, we always joke. I've always been the the words and the communicator. Hayden's always been the accountant and the math person. And then Emma's always been like kind of the science bio. So she went the med. We said, we told mom when we were kids that she was eventually going to have a doctor, a lawyer, and an accountant. And so far, Hayden and I have failed her. So good luck, Emma. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. And then Emma went and she forged a completely different path with a lot of leadership in um, I mean, she had her SAE completely blew Hayden and I's out of the water with, I mean, she owns Lady Livestock Company. So um, it's it's been a lot of fun to kind of get to experience all those things as a first time someone who didn't get to watch a sibling and then to watch them go through it. And I feel like totally pass me up as far as success, but also all of our paths were so different that it, it was really cool that we all got to find ourselves within the organization. And, and, you know, I'm just curious, does your brother have any involvement with uh, the livestock company or does he have like the gentleman cow out in the herd? What, <laughs> I guess, does he want to be involved? I'm sure our listeners are, you know, what, yeah. what's his No, path? that's a good question. So Hayden actually has his own operation. Um, he works for a local barn as well, um, a barn that our, our uncle owned growing up, um, which he recently sold. But Hayden had basically been there since he could walk. So they <laughs> kept him and uh, he's working, working that barn and uh, hauling cattle and he's got his own pretty impressive size operation for a 22 year old (laughs) a 22 year old um so uh yeah he's definitely doing his own thing and uh he's very very active in the industry but yeah i figure at this point he figured he better let the ladies take care of (laughs) just i was just curious i want to ask that uh so yeah i mean ffa it, it truly is and it puts you takes you out of that comfort zone and it puts you with people that maybe you'd never met before people from the city, people from other rural communities. I, I got a lot out of it. I probably spent way too much time in FFA along the way, but uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I support it. And uh, yeah, it's just a great organization. I'm glad I got to be a part of it uh, for, for many, many years. But, uh, you know, it, it also helps you, you know, uh, for me, I was in, I, I, I excelled in sales and service back when you could sell your own product. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's like you get one product and everyone has to sell it. I don't like that. <laughs> I was, I, I actually made money selling my product. It was my SAE. But uh, obviously, when, when you look at your operation and having that direct to consumer uh, model as a part of that, what, what are some of the challenges that you initially faced, maybe you continue to face, and uh, what are some of the, the ways that you have really excelled because of those challenges? I can talk about prices all day long, but I think that's something that's universal throughout the industry is just finding that market and finding a way to um, be solvent or profitable while still keeping like healthy relationships with your customers as far as um, and you know sometimes they don't understand why things are priced the way they are and you know through covid we actually right at the beginning of covid we had sold a couple beef um, ahead of time and then when covid hit and the prices for feed and just to raise those cattle you know like we were not profitable on those beef that we sold ahead of time and so I think it's definitely a learning process when it comes to marketing really any product, especially in the climate uh, that we've had the last couple years. But uh, that's been, again, a learning curve, but something that, of course, every business owner has to go through. Uh, And then those conversations like mom was talking about with consumers, which I don't know, mom, if you want to talk more on that. 
It's um, it's really interesting to to discuss buying off the farm with consumers because they a, a majority of the public do not understand the process. They mm-hmm. don't understand the pricing, and you know you've got to explain what hanging weight is and the processing, the actual processing of the beef and and the time that it takes to feed out versus you know the time it hangs and I mean it's it's a lot of education and a lot of confusion. Um, but just to clear up that confusion. That in itself is rewarding. Um, some people you can't clear up the yep. confusion. They just they just do not they, they don't absorb the information. You know, I mean, but we do our best. We do our best to educate all that we can. Um, but that's it's, it's it's a little bit of a process getting people to understand. You know, I've got some neighbors who who you know don't quite understand. Um, what you know they they the last they before i i moved into the area you know they had bought and they said well i paid this much for it and i'm like yes but that's hanging weight mm-hmm. and i tried to take the confusion out of it by telling them the dollar amount that you're putting in your freezer what you're actually paying for that beef and that's that's been real confusing for a lot of people who have purchased before that have purchased on hanging weight they just it's yep. it's hard for them to understand all that so it's, it's a process to explain which we have taken into account in our business model as far as after the first couple years of selling we realized that if we wanted to kind of take away all that confusion we could budget all of those costs all the feed all the processing all the I mean all of the costs into one number. And so that's what we do now. So I'm going to say this just because I'm curious as to how this will age. Right now we charge $6 a pound for a quarter, half, whole, whatever it is. And that's whenever it's packed and wrapped and in your freezer, it's $6 a pound. So that's all encompassing costs and everything. And people have... As of February 2000. 22. Exactly. Uh, let's so, put a timestamp exactly. on that so somebody doesn't grab that and say. But, and that's that's what you know. That's what we try to do to take the confusion out. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you when you I, and somebody the other day called and they wanted a quarter beef. Yeah. And I told them that they well that's high because you know I've heard that it's only four dollars a pound. It's like, okay, there's difference between hanging and there's difference between in your freezer. And by the time I did the math, it ended up being six sixty six a pound. Yeah. But they they don't you know. That's that's what I mean. It's hard to, to explain that. And you can't explain it to everybody. But, yeah. mm-hmm. so you know, ha- go ahead. I was just going to say conversations like that about the pricing scale and then also about, you know, why can we not get our beef processed in the next six months? Well, hanging capacity right now. It's, I was going to ask you. It's yep. hard to come by. And uh, I remember sitting down in, I believe it was March of 2020, and we had 13 steers we needed processed. And I called, I want to say 15 processors. Uh, just custom I called custom exempt I called USDA I called state inspected 13 of them and or 15 processors before I could find a processing date in the next 365 days Mm -hmm. so I think that uh, those are things that customers don't necessarily see and I think that's something that we as producers work really hard to not burden them with that that's our job to deal with and so we've we've had to uh, handle those situations and then also convey it to them in a way that uh, makes sense to them and they can learn about the industry but also that they still end up with beef, beef on their dinner table at the end of the day. Do you want to jump in there? I saw a little while ago you put your finger up and your sister cut you off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> nice the me. usual, huh? No, I mean, that is definitely a challenge, the ever-changing market. But I was just going to say, once we do make a sale, it's like we get to play Santa. You know, like we get to go <laughs> deliver meat like it's a present and people get excited about it and we get to talk about it. And they're just excited to meet the faces behind who is growing 
their food and that's just my favorite part of it yeah it's been a lot of fun because once someone buys from us I mean they come back every single time and it's all about you know on our social media there's comments about your beef is so good you know I made a stew tonight and it was the best we've ever had and then there's also comments just like we love to see you ladies out on your farm and you all are the sweetest and we're so glad that we met and so seeing those business relationships turn into personal relationships has been so incredibly rewarding and I think that's another kind of perk of having a local business is that these are our friends and neighbors that we're that we're getting to um, feed and have those conversations with and it's it's really been eye-opening from a producer standpoint to see those people that want to learn and they want to have those relationships with the producers well but also when we look at these relationships with producers though how 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 do you view your role as being an inspiration to other women in agriculture And, and we are seeing so many more women they're getting elected to national leadership roles. We see it in FFA. We see it within NCBA. We see at the halls how many people are coming here and participating that are both men and women. But do you feel that you truly are paving a way for, for women, young women, women of all ages, to say, I can do this? Yes, and that's that's part of the program that we would like to get started is to make young women understand that they, they can do this. You know, this is a still a male-predominant industry, but that doesn't mean that they can't, and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't. They absolutely can. Um, and they are. They are taking leadership roles. Our last president of Missouri, um, Cattlemen's, was, was a female. Mm-hmm. I am the president of the Cole County Cattlemen's Association. So um, it's, it's, um, it's definitely something that we, we want to share with with women and young women and and to get them started in the industry yeah and i think it's important it is still maybe feels against the grain Mm -hmm. to go along this path but there is a path for them and it's important to remember that you don't have to be any less woman to be in this industry and really and that's you know that's a very good point Mm -hmm. what she just said you don't have to be less women you know and and that's one of the best jobs or the best feelings when we when we do get to deliver our beef you know they call they don't see us they just talk to us on the phone and here we pull up in a truck to deliver their beef and here three women jump out with you know long curled hair and you know manicured nails and it's like you're kidding (laughs) you can't be the ones i just bought this beef from absolutely you know yeah i think it's important to remember that you belong here just as much as anybody else and that it's there's a feeling of like oh I have to prove myself but really have the mindset that like you deserve to be here you don't have to prove yourself you can do it however you need to do it Mm. yeah that was really good um I (laughs) I would also like they said as far as being less woman I think that um, like in my case in particular, when I'm at the grocery store and there's a woman, you know, in her heels and her business suit and she just got off of work and she's trying to decide, you know, if I'm also there in my heels and my business suit, she's going to think that girl's like me. I can trust what she mm-hmm. has to say. And so um, while she may, might not expect that I have cattle, she'll will have that common ground. And so there's absolutely no shame in uh, being completely feminine while you're ranching. And uh, I do think we would be remiss to note all of the women that came before us. I mean, we are not the only people on this path. There are so many women that walked it before us and so many women that will walk it behind. And we're just trying to make it a little smoother for the folks behind us. And it's breaking down barriers. I mean, for example, my my wife and I both work from home. We have our own little uh, ag operation too. I do the media. My wife is She's a water magistrate, water judge for the state of Montana. Mm-hmm. And, like, 
when we have certain relatives come by, you know, they expect, well, I'm here at lunchtime. I need to have lunch. And it's me maybe <laughs> whipping up lunch because I love to cook. <laughs> and <clears throat> I just think it's so important that people of all generations in agriculture, especially the up-and-coming ones, understand it's okay to not follow that traditional role of back in the day. Like I said, uh, cooking for me is a stress reliever. Mm-hmm. And I love cooking beef, obviously. <laughs> and uh, I, I just truly... Uh, respect you all so much for what you're doing and uh, and and i say respect i can just tell how much you respect your mom Mm -hmm. and look up to her just that that's cool yeah she's uh i mean she's made it pretty easy this she's the strongest woman i think we can both say that we've ever met or encountered in any way and a lot of our friends say the same thing they always joke that um stacy hearse is the woman you want on your side and you (laughs) certainly do not want her against you so um, (laughs) she's she's got uh, a little bit of mama bear syndrome but um no she's she's been so much fun to watch i mean even before Uh, She had such a huge role in the commercial operation that we had uh, that even whenever input wasn't necessarily accepted, the amount of just hard work she put into it, I mean, there's no way it would have happened without her. And then now um, just leading us kind of toward the entrepreneurial way of life and and teaching us and I, I, like she said, if she would just learn to explain, and ask us <laughs> what she wants from us, it would go so much smoother. <laughs> that, that, the amount of mind to mind, yeah. yelling across the farm <laughs> and the quiet drives home. But no. <laughs> oh God, everyone can relate exactly, to the quiet drives. Exactly the whole. I'm sorry what I said when we were sorting cattle, but um, yeah. So no, it's it's been a huge blessing to work with both of these ladies, and they're both they inspire me beyond belief for so many different reasons but also just because they are good good women emma you want to jump yeah, in there i would say the same like mom oh my goodness there have been people that, that have asked to write a book about her life she has <laughs> been through so much and she is so resilient she can really do whatever she puts her mind to and she does have a lot of ideas so she is a jack of all trades and we do really look up to her and we can really attribute all of our a lot of our opportunities to what she has enabled us to do well, thank you, ladies. <laughs> How's that feel to hear that from your daughter? Well, it feels good. You know, I, you know, as a mother, you always want to do your best. Mm-hmm. And as a mother, you always, you know, assume that you're failing. But, you know, I look at these young ladies and it's like, you know what? I didn't fail. You know, they're incredible. They're incredible, strong, beautiful women. And, you know, they're, they're blazing their own path. And it's like, you know what? Maybe I'm not a complete failure at this mother thing. You know? <laughs> but it does feel good that they, that they, you know, that the, that they do see and appreciate, you know, the efforts that mm-hmm. that I have put towards, you know, raising them and teaching them and guiding them, and, you know, leading them. So. You're welcome to say lots of nice things about us now. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Mom. <laughs> You're amazing. You're absolutely amazing. There are no two better young women than these two right here. <laughs> so what, uh, I, I, I think it's just going to be so great, that philanthropic aspect and the outreach that uh, the plans that you have to, to, to educate young people, young women, bring them out to the ranch. Uh, I, that that's so important to have that hands-on experiential learning opportunity. But uh, for, for someone tuning in here, maybe they're a young producer, a young couple maybe looking to, to get a start on their own. Maybe they're having problems with, with in-laws or whatever whatever <laughs> it might be. What is your advice? I'll, I'll ask each of you maybe just a, a tip of advice that you would like to share with them about uh, keeping their head up, understanding uh, failure leads to success in some ways. And well, I guess... I'll quit talking. What, what would you like to share? 
Um, absolutely. I mean, failure does lead to success, um, and you have to have a little bit to appreciate the success. You have to, you have to have a little bit in order to to give you a little more drive to be a real success at anything you do in this industry or any other industry. Um, my, I think my key advice would be to never let anything or anyone crush your dream. Um, never let anything or anyone stop you or discourage you. Um, and that's, that's been big. That's been big for all of us. Um, we've, we've been through a lot and we just keep trying. We mm -hmm. keep, you know, we band together and we work hard and we're not going to let anything stop us. And that's that's huge, and that's that's what I want everyone to know that, you know, the the level, no matter what level of discouragement, you can overcome, yep. and you can, can, you know, you need to continue to fight for what you want. Emma, what what would you tell a young person that uh, wants to stay involved with the family operation? Maybe they're going to medical school or pre med, and but they still want to be a part of that rural lifestyle. Or I guess, or if you have any other advice that you'd like to share today. You know, I think it's just important to find your cause, really, what you're passionate about, and do it, really. Do it your own way, your own style. doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or wants from you. As long as you're working towards that and you're working for that cause, you just stay true to yourself. Yeah, I think they both said it really well. My piece of advice would just be to find your people. Surround yourself with people who encourage you and uplift you and contribute to your life, our positive influences. You know, when we got started, we were a little bit nervous because in our area, we were a little bit doing things a little bit different. And so we were nervous that we w wouldn't be well received, but uh, our livestock sale barn owners around us uplifted us our vet has been great um, we've had some really good help on the farm um, our friends and neighbors have been so encouraging and so just finding those people that can contribute to to your life and to your business and to your goals and dreams and are always there to encourage you and maybe sometimes play devil's advocate but at the end of the day are on your side mm -hmm. and so like Emma said you don't have you don't have to prove yourself to anyone, but whenever you put forth work, people people are going to notice, and everybody likes to be on the winning team. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's fun to um, to be able to really put your dreams into motion, and then find those people that will get right behind you and help continue that. So, what's in store for the future of Lady Livestock? Go ahead, Mace. <laughs> We've got lots of things. light up when you ask that question. <laughs> We've got lots of things kind of brewing. Um, so when I get home, uh, I, we should have T-shirts, merch. Um, we've got some stickers and all kinds of little stuff that we're hoping to roll out soon. I'm sure my the Amazon pile at my door will have a foot of snow on it by the time we get there. But um, <laughs> So we've got lots of exciting things coming on that front. Um, the social media website we're always uh, working on and I think as far as the cattle go we really we're really happy with our size mm -hmm. um, as far as actual herd size but there's so much opportunity to invest in our community and in our industry and that's where you know some of the once we get those t-shirts you know the t-shirts are the advocacy front to so people can wear those and start conversations about uh raising beef and being in agriculture and can promote beef and and some of those t-shirt uh, proceeds are going to go towards things like hosting kids on our farm and um being able to tell that story and 
kind of promote agriculture on a larger platform than we have now. So I think that while, like I said, while we're really happy with the state of the farm right now, there's so many other ways to grow inside the industry that we are really, really excited to get started on. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see that too, because I think three things that we have really have really stuck out to us in our lives and have shown through our business is the farm, faith, and family. And I think those are all things we can expect through our merchandise. And we'd really just like to use that as a tool to advocate for those three things. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's you know, we're all really excited about that. The whole advocating, the whole, you know, outreach to the to the ones who do not have the opportunity, mm-hmm. to the ones who do not have the resources to be educated in the industry. Um, yeah, we're really excited about that, and that's that's why we're kind of rolling out the merch, is to, to you know, um, gain, pro, you know, put the proceeds, a portion of the proceeds towards that. Yeah. I think it's so funny, just a quick comment. I don't know how many times my mother has used the word educate, and I don't know if you remember, Lane, the very first time I was on this podcast, I think in san antonio yeah 2020 yep yep i said the phrase i hate 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 the word educate (laughs) and my mother has used it probably 12 times but i mean she of course just means those conversations that we're having and again those relationships and so um yeah that's Mm -hmm. the whole the whole process from start to finish has been a lot of fun of course how it started was no fun at all but it's been a blessing yeah and i think our whole business is a blessing and we've talked so much about the business that like we really do love our cattle. Mm-hmm. I'd love just being out there, and we usually like to picnic, you know, when we're not working and things like that. <laughs> and we just want to show people that and allow that experience for other people as well. You really need to look up on uh, Lady Livestock's Facebook the video of Emma singing to her cattle. I know. Mm-hmm. I treat them nice. Yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> I give them a whole concert. <laughs> but no, <laughs> she did. But no, we really, we really do love our animals, and and you know, we do our best to take care of them, and we treat them well, and. Um, you know, and when we bring people out there, they see that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Macy hates the word educate, but I love <laughs> bringing kids out there and, and educating them on how to care for cattle. I'm going to use the word again. Um, <laughs> you know, how to take care of the cattle and how we, you know, how we do take care of the cattle. It's not it's not a lot of what you see on TV. It's, it's you know, majority of producers really do care for their animals and people need to understand that and you know we do if they're sick you know we we do take Mm -hmm. care of them and if they're really sick we call the vet and he takes care of them and you know just like you would your domesticated animals um and people need to know that and that's part of the education macy i'm referring to (laughs) (laughs) i would also say just because this morning i had an experience that kind of made me laugh but also reminded me why i love this industry so much the people in this industry are the best in the world and again the people that have surrounded us both men and women that have encouraged us through this journey are fellow producers and consumers and um the people here at this convention this morning mom and i were standing in line to get coffee and there were two gentlemen behind me and i thought they were gonna literally like break out into a nice fight about who got to go first in the coffee line and it's just (laughs) like they the manners and just the kindness and you know putting other people before yourself and putting their animals before themselves and I mean there's just no better people in the world and we're so blessed to get to work with and alongside them yeah we we really are we're blessed to work with them um and you know we've had we've had a lot of offers on and we, we've had a lot of support and a lot of offers on the farm but we got to give a shout out to norbert norbert's this this <laughs> local man in the area unfortunately we, we live 
about 45, 50 minutes from our farm. So um, there's times that they just need to be driven through, make sure everybody's, mm-hmm. you know, still standing and everybody's still healthy. So we've got this local guy named Norbert. Um, he's great. We can depend on him. And he's he's the only real help we have on the farm, um, you know, besides ourselves, of course. But uh, got to give him a shout out. He's yeah, it was his birthday this week, and uh, he is at home feeding hay so that we can be here. So he's <laughs> definitely. Really handy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, where can uh, folks learn more uh, social media handles? You want to give a shout out for that? Yeah. So our Instagram is ladylives.co, I believe. Yep. yep. So we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And we have a website in the works. Yes. So at Lady Livestock Co. Social media handles, of course, just Lady Livestock Company. Um, our website and our Facebook. And like I said, we've got lots of stuff going on right now. Um, they're kind of in preliminary stages, but they're, we've got so much coming up that we would love for you all to follow along. And then, Lane, earlier you asked about um, people beginning their farms and ranches reach out to us we would absolutely love to be a resource to you to be on your team if that's uh if that's the your goal is to be a farmer and rancher i don't care if you're a man or a woman or a young person or an old person please reach out to us we would love to uh, love to provide any resources that we can on that front but yeah reach out we'd love to chat we'd love to connect and uh, we can't wait to connect with people here today I, I just uh, kind of laugh because my plan is slowly coming together when I joked about in our first podcast of having your mom, Courtney's <laughs> mom, and Kaya's mom on a podcast. It's slowly coming together. I, <laughs> I I don't know if we could have all three of them on a podcast because I, I would listen I, to that. We, that, uh, that might have to go through some FCC uh, regulations <laughs> on stories and whatnot, but... Uh, if uh, you've not listened to uh, the the first two uh, shows that Macy uh, aired on, I, I think we called it Ag Influencers, and then we had Ag Influencers Part Two uh, with uh, Kyle Twizzleman and uh, Courtney D. Hoff as well, and uh, go check those out. But uh, ladies, I know the trade show uh, is opened up. I know you want to go hit that. Any last uh, comments you want to share before we let you go? I just want to thank you for having having us here today. It's it's been fun, and um, thank you for giving us a, an opportunity to share our story and and to encourage other young women and and you know people wanting to get in the production industry. All right. Well, thank you so much to Macy, Emma, and Stacy with Lady Livestock Co. Make sure and check them on, check them out online and follow them on their new developments that are coming soon. Well, we just want to thank our friends at Micro Technologies for not only sponsoring our Cattlemen's Connection booth here at the 2022 Cattle Industry Convention and NCBA Trade Show, but also for sponsoring today's podcast. Friends, that will do it for this edition of the Cattlemen's Call podcast. I'm Lane Northland. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to NCBA's Cattlemen's Call podcast with Lane Nordland. For more information, visit ncba.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today.